Hey there, Colin. It's Matt. Hey, on your discussion on 5e, you know, Steve, my buddy, started a MeWe basic D&D 5e group, and we started talking about 5e, and, you know, I, I wanted to give it an honest shot. I, I pulled up the PDF, and I started reading it, and then I thought, you know what, I, I'm not a as written guy, so I was like, you know what, let me go through this and just start taking things out that I know I wouldn't like as a GM. And so what I did is I printed it out and I got a red pen and I started marking off the parts that I wouldn't like. And about 10 pages in, I realized a quarter to half of every page wasn't for me. So I applaud everybody, you know, that's you playing the game and I love that Wizards has done this, but I just, I can't do it. Oh, Hey, there's my time. Hello, I'm Colin Green, and you are listening to Spike Bit, episode 123. Hey, Colin's Matt again, part two. Uh, so, and I think Ray has why I don't like it. And it's he described it perfectly, which Ray always seems to do. God, I hate that guy. He's so good. Um, the Everything bo- being bolted down. You know, I, as a GM, I feel that that is kind of, it's ropes tied around my ankle that won't let me be as free as I want. And that's a personal thing. I'm sure there's other guys that run like crazy with 5e that just absolutely love it. But for me, I am a lot of off-the-cuff, flying-free kind of GM and there is a learning curve. He's right. There is a learning curve. And frankly, I'd rather be playing a system that I enjoy to run than learning a system because other people want to play that system. So anyway, there's my thoughts. Matt Jackson there with a call in, opening the show and getting this discussion of 5e going again. This is the fourth installment. I don't know how many they're going to be. There's lots to talk about so if you've called in and you're not on this episode then it will be coming down the road in the future i'm trying to keep the episodes a little bit tighter and a little bit more focused so um let's see how it goes so thanks for calling in matt and i totally understand that 5e might not be your cup of cup of tea however i do I do recall you um, having some reservations about Black Hack in uh, uh, in the initial stages that later on in play proved to be different. I'm actually struggling to remember what you said about your sort of play experience of 5e. So I would, I would um, be interested to hear more about that. Um on paper, though, certainly I recall going through rules, sort of, although I didn't actually go through with a red pen or anything like that, I did, I was doing a sort of a similar thing mentally. And like I say, I run the game for two years and I'm a fairly footloose and fancy free kind of DM. And in practice, I found I found it not too difficult. Um but yeah, this episode, we're going to be looking at a few of the uh, 
sort of like maybe the challenges. I've got some call-ins from guys who are, you know, not really fans. Pretty much like Matt. And um, I want this to be like this. This discussion is all about gathering up some different different views. And um, I want to sort of play a fairly neutral role in that. But, you know, I I do hold my hands up and say, you know, I'm actually kind of warm into the system and um, kind of I mean this whole thing started because I wanted to get in again and 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 start playing it again I tried a couple of other things I've gone away from it a little bit but I'm just getting that urge to play so let's hear what um, Rob's got to say hey ho let's go it's Rob from down in the heap hey Colin 5e I don't know I gave it a long try, DM'd it for probably 60 sessions or more, maybe maybe up to 70, I don't know. Played a little bit in it. I think it's definitely more of a player's game than a DM's game. I bought all the books, I bought all the spell cards, a couple of the big scenarios, and, you know... I think it's fine, and I think you're going the right route if you choose to just do the basic stuff, the basic rules, because I think the big problem is just the sheer weight of the fluff of all these classes and all these choices to make. And and you're right about placing the honest on the players for learning the stuff because the DM can't learn all this stuff, and I'm going Jackson. Okay, so that's the first part of Rob's calling, and I'm cutting in there. Because I want to address one of the points he made. And this is this idea that 5e is a player's game. And man, I remember talking about this and thinking that that really is a thing. And then we get this whole discussion of, you know, is the DM a player too? And when when we talk about stuff like this, I sort of begin to think to myself... You know, when are you actually playing the game? Is it when you sit around and uh, get all your stuff out, gather as a group and, you know, actually like begin an adventure or a session? Or is playing the game some of that stuff that goes on before that some people call lonely fun, which is not a term, (laughs) not a term that um, puts a very... um, pleasant picture in my mind so i will not be using that as i continue (laughs) as i continue with this podcast so um yeah so what i'm saying is with 5e you've got a, a whole bunch of like rpg material there potentially it could be so much fluff that you've got to wade through and when when I started out playing this edition, it was it had been out a little while and there was just a few too many books for me to take in. Uh, I'm, I'm quite easily intimidated by a lot of stuff like that. I need, I need to take things in sort of like baby steps and I, I kind of I like, I like time to absorb things and I think now, I've had these books on my shelf. I've been to and from them, and each time I'm I'm just sort of absorbing a little bit more, and I'm starting to see that at the 
at the root of it all, it really is quite a simple system. And I would urge anybody that's a little bit intimidated, but really wants to play, you know, don't be. Like um, Rob mentioned there, he's sort of encouraging you to take the basic approach, and I would echo that. It makes it very familiar for people that are, are coming to the the fifth edition from a you know a real early edition like BX or something like that. The types of people that say uh, Che Webster would be wanting to encourage with his role play rescue podcast, getting people back into gaming. The basic rules are a, a good jumping in point, and then that way you've cut back on all the fluff. You haven't got um, all this stuff you're not familiar with. Like for me, um, Dragonborn and Tieflings, I know I love to sort of pick on them. I've got no problem with them, but I'd never seen them before. So coming back into the game, it's like, what, what, where do they fit into my uh, my picture of what D&D is? And um, actually growing on me now, and... Um, I'm starting to think, yeah, you know, I could include that if that's what a player wants to play. Yeah, no sweat. But I've wandered a little bit there. And what I was trying to say is this concept of the five years of players game. It it has been really popular with my players because I think they like to go away from the session and have stuff to do. You know, when you're the DM, you've got like more than enough to sort of tinker with. But if you're maybe a, a DM who's playing or a player who likes to you know, develop their character and tinker with it and, you know, read about the different options, you know, there is a lot of that there in 5e. And um, some of the, you know, the, like the real RSR games and that, that can't really be said in the same way. Obviously, if you take something like BX or OD&D, Swords and Wizardry, whatever, say you're playing a fighter, yeah, on the surface, that's really simple, but you, you know, you have got the flexibility, you could totally run with that idea of the fighter, you could go and get history books out on um, samurai, or, or, or anything, so I do understand that there is stuff out there, but it's maybe not immediately obvious to the to the beginner who's perhaps trying to work out how to do something, you know, inverted commas, correctly. Anyway, let's hear what um, Rob had to say further in uh, with his calling. We've been talking about Jackson. Yeah, and any, the, in 5e, the, the players really need to pull their weight uh, in a game so involved in order to keep things moving really briskly at the table. And it's a challenging game, I think, for the DM because the monsters are so involved. They all have special powers, even things like giant rats and kobolds. Stat blocks are really big. It just... There's a lot going on in the game with the, with the action, reaction, bonus action stuff. Um, it takes a while to get the hang of, I think, to really understand the nuances and I just personally didn't find that the nuances and involvement didn't add enough to the game's enjoyment uh, to make it superior to the OSR games. But just my opinion, don't mean to be too hard on it, and you can have fun playing any game. Bye. 
And that's Rob's final closing thoughts there. Thanks for calling in, Rob. Uh, Rob's the uh, voice behind the Down in a Heap podcast. If you don't know it, it's well worth checking out. At the moment, he's talking about his kind of design process for his game. It's like a, looking like a 2D12 dice mechanic because he, he likes the the bell curve that is involved with a, a game like that. And it's sounding super interesting. I also like his, his house rules for BX and he did a couple of episodes back on that as well as some episodes talking about uh, he calls it the Island of Misfit Games episodes and he's taken a couple of the more obscure offerings from back in the day and just kind of chatting about his thoughts on on those so uh, check it out down in a heap and uh, yeah Rob man um, action reaction bonus action it it does seem to get a little bit involved and yeah I guess it does but I found them quite intuitive, those rules. It's sort the sort of thing you probably would just do without the need for rules. You know, it's a sort of situation where they hew quite closely to the way I think I would rule those situations anyway. So I was okay there. Um, however, yeah, sometimes that stuff gets a little bit jargonish. And um, I've run into trouble with systems like uh, Dungeon World and Fate for for the same reason. They they've taken something that was quite simple and maybe almost made it a little bit more kind of complicated just by trying to sort of um, I don't know describe it in a mechanical kind of way. And uh, I understand why they do that, but. Yeah, certainly not for everybody, and thanks for the call in, mate. So the next caller is Joe Richter. He called in on episode two, or was it... Yeah, no, episode two uh, of the uh, 5E series here on Spike Pit. And um, I just sort of uh, mentioned that I'd be really interested to hear some further thoughts from him, just to expound a little bit on, on the points he raised. So... Fair play to him. Here he is now, giving us a little bit more detail. So I hope you find this interesting. Hey, Colin, it's Joe Richter. Uh, Yeah, so that was a little vague, my bad. But so just as a brief history, I cut my teeth with AD&D back in the 80s um, and then ended up playing a whole lot of Merp and stuff. And so I didn't really come back to actually D&D proper until... 3.5 slash Pathfinder. The first character I ever made for that system happened to be a 13th level character. And so I was just thrown right in. And when I say that the skill system is boring with 5e, I mean, it's because you never advance. I feel like all the characters feel very similar. I hate the fact that everyone has the same proficiency bonus. I just don't feel like... It just is very fitting of similar characters, but I'm almost out of time. So talk to you later. Peace. Just to go on a little further. Sorry. um, It just seems like it doesn't make any sense in my brain that a character would have the same exact skills his entire adventuring life, 
that all progress at the same exact rate, whether or not he uses those skills or not. That system just doesn't make sense in my brain. And it just, for me personally and our group, uh, it made all the characters feel very, very similar to each other. The fact that everyone, almost every class can do magic, makes them all feel very similar. Uh, Yeah, so we gave it a shot and we started playing it right when it came out. So the fact that there is a lot more out there now we haven't explored so things could be very different but um yeah so hopefully that answers some of your questions if you have more i love to chat so let me know peace out bye yeah so thanks for getting back to me joe i really appreciate that and i think i'm still a little bit lost by your reply but it's probably just me being thick the the idea of all the characters being the same i i just I don't really see it because obviously you've got your different proficiencies and different characters kind of um, get their proficiency bonus applied to different proficiencies. You've obviously got the whole range of tool proficiencies as well. So I think there's quite a lot of room for variation between characters. However, I do totally agree with you with regard to magic. I think it's not ideal that everybody, basically, I think it's, it is virtually every character class gets some access to magic. I think probably that's a sort of um, Forgotten Realms thing because they're leaning so heavily on the Forgotten Realms setting. It's quite high magic, so maybe they've put a lot of that into the core rules I'm, I'm not too sure about why that's the case um yeah and that is something i'm not in love with but like i say thanks for the calling mate and um game on so we've heard a little bit from the naysayers there and uh that's because i want to keep things balanced and totally valid and some interesting comments they had too if you are listening and uh, you're getting enraged at these comments or my lack of uh, knowledge of 5e for somebody who's been playing for two years you ask yourself how can he know so little about this system well if you listen to the uh, earlier episodes I did explain that I read the DMG with my eyes shut I think I had one eye shut when I read the players and I'm yet to read the monster manual (laughs) but I am going to put that right and um, with your guys help you know um, perhaps I'll get the drop of this game so all that it remains for me to do is thank you the listener everybody who called in take care and I'll catch you later